Life Audio. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Yeah. Hey, we're back, baby. This is episode 57, and as you could see, there's just the one camera angle. You what know what that means. What does it mean? What does it mean, Chitty? It means we got a special guest today, baby. We do. We have a very special guest today, and uh, we're going to talk about him a little bit, but is there anything we need to get into at first? What's that? What? Something? Um, some baseball? Well, first baseball. thing, my Astros are in the World Series, right? Oh, so that's probably the okay. biggest deal that's going on right now. Okay. Series is tied up one one and one. Game last night got postponed. So For what? We played tonight uh, inclement weather. What in an inning? No, it didn't even start. Okay. Yeah. Inclement weather. Yep. So Astros aren't used to playing a little rain. Uh, well, the Phillies canceled. Well, it was in Philadelphia. Well. So okay. If you watched last week's episode, also you saw me smoke Adam in fantasy. So that was okay. the, one of the most glorious weeks of my year okay. up to this point. <laughs> I'd like to say that I did beat Mike Breezy this week. You did. And, I saw uh, that. That was clutch. And uh, he's one of the best in the league, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, hey. On, on another note, if you haven't, you've seen you've seen us talk about it. Go and check out Hope After Addiction podcast. That is uh, the ladies that are talking directly to the families. And man. Episode two just dropped Sunday, mm-hmm. and it's powerful, man. Chelsea told her story, and she a lot of really good feedback about that. Uh, so, yeah, so go check that out. Uh, go check out our new channel. That's what we haven't talked about. Yes. So we have a new channel that we're uploading all the old episodes to, and we're up to 10 or 18 or 20 at this point. And eventually when we get caught up, all new episodes, all episodes will be on the Life After Addiction podcast uh, YouTube channel. So please go like this. It'll be in the description below as well as Hope After Addiction. But yeah, enough of that, man. This guest today, man, I, I met many years ago. He is one of my favorite musicians, honestly. Like my kid sings his songs, mm. which is pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know how to describe his music. Every time I try, he gets frustrated because he's like, yeah, man, sure, you can call it that. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so unique. It's like funk. It's like pop. It's like alternative. I mean, it's it's a very unique sound. Yeah. And uh, this dude loves us too well. He's blessed us many of times with uh, performing and, and leading worship for us at Catapult. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, man, um, one of his songs that just released is probably one of my favorite songs of all time. And it's evolved over the few years, and he wrote it, and I'll let him talk about it. But it's called Blame. You could find that on, and that link will be in the description as well on Spotify uh, or Apple Music. But go to Spotify, give them a a download or follow. I'm not sure what they do at Spotify, but it's a really cool song. Uh, There's two versions that you'll see on Spotify. Go to the newer one with the newer year, uh, which has just become this masterpiece. And so... Today's guest, if you haven't, if you don't know already, it's Josh Epifanio. Josh, man, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Thanks for having Come me. Come on, baby. Come on. Epifanio is what <laughs> I like to say. Epifanio. So, Josh, man, tell, um, obviously, we want to talk about the song uh, and how it, this, this podcast is called Life After Addiction. Uh, and the song, man, you get pretty personal. Um, people might not know that, but, I mean, you wrote it with some personal things in mind, so... Tell the people, man. Tell tell the people about blame. Tell them about a little bit about your story, and and yeah, let's go from there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously the song came about because 
you were having a banquet for S2L and you uh, asked me to write a song telling my story. Yeah. And uh, I came through S2L years ago. I don't even know, like five, six, seven, I don't even, <laughs> at some point, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it kind of like, it's kind of about like a certain um, scenario where I got in a horrible car crash and uh, basically should have died. Um, and then it's, you know, it's just about all the kind of bad decisions I was making back then. Um, I think, yeah, the date was 11, 12, 13. And oh, wow. I went out, I wasn't even 21 at the time. I went out to a coworker's house, like after work and I had a couple beers over there. And I think I had taken like in the morning, like a benzo of some sort. And yeah. so, you know, that it's like kind of a lethal lethal combo like i didn't think i drank that much really and i was like well i gotta get home and i, I remember getting in my car and then i remember waking up in the hospital yeah and it was wild and so they told me what happened and basically i blacked out while i was driving mm. it's probably like midnight or one o'clock in the morning on back roads in waxaw north carolina where i'm from and I went, I veered off the road and my car flipped several times and wrapped around a tree in somebody's like front yard. Mm. And, uh, like the gas tank exploded. I'm covered in gasoline, but it didn't ignite. And then obviously it's in someone's yard. So they heard that and they called the cops and then the cops came and they didn't know whether I was dead or alive. So then they called for a rescue helicopter to take me to downtown Charlotte. Um, and then I woke up in the hospital and it was just the most surreal, just like unimaginable thing. I was like, did that really happen? Hmm. And man, it didn't take, like, I kind of realized like how s serious things had gotten. I didn't think I was even that bad off, but it took years kind of for it to sink in, like yeah. the weight of like my decisions because it didn't like i mean i ended up going to uh, a rehab in florida and meeting people who were addicted to heroin and meth and like all these like really hardcore substances and i wasn't necessarily on stuff like that um and for me to like realize like even what i was into that resulted that should have resulted in death yeah right? And so like when I would like compare myself, like, oh, I'm not that bad. It's like, actually you are, <laughs> you know, mm. like, and so the song blame is uh, basically kind of like starts off with, uh, you know, describing that place I'm in. And then it kind of feels like when you're, when you're in this trap, when you're in this cycle, you almost don't want to get better. Right. It's like, you feel bad and shame about like what you've done and you almost feel like you don't deserve grace and you don't deserve to get out of it and i don't know it's kind of i find in my life at least like when things go bad i'm like i just want them to get worse for some reason it's so like a self-destructive yeah. tendency yeah and so that's like that first chorus punitive like, almost yeah. what's that punitive almost like yeah. you're you deserve this yeah right right and so i'm like just you know it's all my fault like blame it all on me and then as the song progresses it's like i should have died by the fire but then i realize there's a grace that's greater i mean I always knew the truth. I grew up in a Christian home, but <clears throat> at some point I started to, I didn't want it to be true. 
you know, and I rejected it, but I always knew. And I, I, I believe I was always saved, you know, I accepted Christ when I was younger. And so, I mean, obviously he sent some angels to protect me that night yeah. um, and so many other nights. Um, and then, you know, I kind of, I have like a, so like few different times in my life where I like it really became real. And at some point here in Nashville, um, he got a hold of me again and uh, I rededicated my life to him. But um, as the song progresses, you know, it's like I, I realize what he's done for me and then I'm saved. And, you know, and then I realize, wow, like all this shame, everything I've done wrong. He actually he paid for that. He took on that blame. That's why I can be set free. That's, how yeah, man. That's so good. And yeah. it, it's so interesting too. like the mindset that you took on is so common for Chittister and I to see so many times guys will say, well, I'm not doing what they're doing, so I'm mm-hmm. not as bad. Yeah. And, like, you realize that. And, I mean, even in the song, the way it starts, it's like, okay, I know that things are bad now. My head is spinning like a madhouse. I mean, mm-hmm. if you can't relate to things like that. And then it's, like you said, you're almost like you deserve the pain. You want to stay in the pit because the pit has become home the pit has become what's normal to you what you deserve and it's like this punitive thought and um i want to talk about how that banquet went i want to take a quick commercial break but i want to talk about that that banquet and how it went and um i I want i don't know that you knew this but i was watching like your parents were there but i was watching the whole like you know we had a bunch of people a few few hundred people there Uh, and I want to talk about that for a minute and then come back to um, kind of your story. So let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Whatever, dude. That's so lame, dude. He's so lucky. I mean, look... (laughs) Dude, I'm I'm smoking this dude. Man. He, he did he did rock. You're done. <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. All right, and you're and we're back. And so, if you're just listening, uh, again, you've heard a commercial. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or uh, whatever, but if you're watching on YouTube, you saw us play our epic paper rock scissors um, game and just cheated again. But we're back. Here we go. We're playing. So so we're here with Joshua Pafanio. We're talking about a song, Blame, and I mean. 
there's a point in it, and I want to get to the banquet, but there's a point in it because at the banquet it was really a cool riff of you on the guitar, and you, I mean, the way you wrote it was awesome, but it's, it's evolved into this like, I don't know, this almost I want to say masterpiece. Um, but there's a point in it when it when you go, and now I'm. But it's just like, I remember at the banquet, because you sent it over to me, because this is one that you wrote literally, I don't know that you've ever written like that, like for you, like about your story. Like you said, it was 2013, so it took you four or five years to process what, how God drew you to himself through a near-death experience. And so when you sang that at the end, at the very end, he's saying, uh, and now I'm saved. And I mean, I remember at the banquet, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so what was really cool was, he was just there leading worship for our banquet. Uh, and I wanted him to play that song at the end. And if he's felt comfortable, share his story. And so he was like, I think he's saying like, oh, a reckless love. And I mean, people were worshiping and it was really powerful. And if Josh has just a, an amazing gifted voice and he's amazing on the guitar, you should go and check out his stuff. Josh Epifanio. What's a good, is that your at Josh Epifanio? What's a good, how can they find you on all platforms? Yeah, at Josh Epifanio um, on every single thing, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, Spotify. And I know the, the last name is intimidating, but this is online, so you can yeah, see E-P-I-F- it. Yeah, <laughs> What did he say? What did he say? Oh, okay. His last name is intimidating. Oh, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to spell it. Yeah, E-P-I-F-A-N-I-O, Epifanio. Right. Uh, and it's Epifanio if you need to have a little Italian, Italian to it. But I mean, I remember at the banquet he was wor- he was leading worship there, worshiping, and then he got the mic and he was like, "Guys, I really appreciate something like this, but I really appreciate being able to lead worship here." Um, in fact, I actually went through this program, and people were like, "Huh?" They like stopped and looked. They didn't. They, we didn't announce that, you know, at the beginning. And when That's he right. said that, I saw their faces, man, and they were like, "Really." Because of how talented you are, and they're like, "Oh, because we introduced him just as a, a Nashville recording artist." Um, and then he goes, and I actually wrote a song um, that really kind of shares my testimony, and, and then he played it, and I mean, I don't know, man. It was it was one of those God moments that it was just like, praise Jesus, like yeah. full circle. He's using the giftings and the talents that God gave him to bring him glory, mm. and it was like one of those moments. I'm getting goosebumps now, but it was one of those moments, and so I thought that was super special, and then you told me over the years you were kind of working on it, and you were adding some stuff to it, and then... You just released it, uh, I want to say a month ago. Yeah, just about. Yeah, we tried to have uh, Josh on like really soon after the release, but he is a new father with a newborn baby and sicknesses and things happen and then our schedule's kind of messed up. So we're here now uh, and I'm so happy to do that. But did you have anything you wanted to? No, it's funny though. I've always, I've known Josh for a few years now um, and I was at that banquet. Super, super powerful, amazing time. But I've always told Josh and I actually mean this. It sounds jokingly, but like if I had a superpower, I would want to sing like that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and it's, I'm so serious. His voice is so unique, but I've always wanted to to be able to sing, like have the ability, man, if I could do anything, I don't want to have x-ray vision, anything else. I want to be able to sing, sing like Josh. But uh, yeah, we're very grateful, man, for the worship that you provide to our guys at those catapults. Um, and just the heart you have for service, but something specifically I was going to ask you. So I came through the first time like five years ago. So you were there at least six, seven years ago that you went through the program. Yeah. Was there a certain time or moment 
when you were going through S2L that you knew that you knew that you knew freedom was possible and it was for you and that God loved you specifically um, and had saved you with a purpose? Or did that kind of gradually happen over time? Actually, yeah, it was me and Adam were having a conversation and I don't know, I was like angry or something. And basically he made me realize that like, I need to forgive myself um, Mm. because like, who am I to not forgive myself when the God of the universe has forgiven me? Like Mm. I'm better than him. Like I can't, I can't forgive myself. And it was like, that's like what I had to do and to like start the journey of like just not waking up and needing something every day you know like that yeah i don't know it was it was yeah it was i remember specifically like the moment like adam and i were having this conversation but yeah i had to realize that it's so true because he's i've had a similar conversation with him and this was one of the three times i came through i don't remember which one but it's like essentially it's a form of pride and we don't see it as that but it's like what i'm saying within not forgiving myself is christ your sacrifice was not sufficient enough for me maybe for everybody else but it's not sufficient for my sins and when you see it through that lens it's like who am I to feel that way? Who am I to think that way? If like the Lord of all the earth has forgiven me, who am I to say, no, I can't forgive myself. So that drastically changed my perspective on forgiving myself as well. The other thing that I would ask you can, is, can I jump in on that yeah. just for a second? Because I think that is a very big point that, that and I appreciate you asking it and Josh bringing it up. But if you're listening to this and you're struggling with, forgiveness and um, the full circle thing is all of what we've been talking about. Your mind doesn't say what Ryan just said, although that is what it is. You're, you're saying the cross isn't sufficient. You're saying that Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't die for you. And like Josh said, the God of the universe, you're not thinking those things. Correct. What you're thinking is full circle. Like we started with, and it's punitive. You're, You're in that pit and not forgiving yourself is because I deserve this pain, this depression, this sadness, this, I deserve this. That's what you're thinking. And we got our blue light going out. And that means we're out of time. Thank you, Dom. <laughs> uh, it, that's, what it, that's what it feels. And so having that breakthrough moment, guys, that Josh is explaining to where I realized that God forgives me. Not only forgives me, but like there was a payment for that forgiveness with the blood of Christ. And your song talks about it. Your song talk blame talks about it. And now I'm saved. And so... When you make your mind think, okay, God, God forgives me. God loves me. He's paid for this. He forgives me. Man, am I trying to be God again? Mm. If I don't forgive myself, am I trying to play God again? Yeah. And guys, we want you, if you're, if you're struggling, the hardest person, all three of us, Jory and all four of us will, will, will tell you the hardest person in the world to forgive is yourself. Yes, it is. Like I've walked through seasons with people that awful things have happened to them by someone else. And they find a place to forgive themselves, to forgive that person. But when it comes to them, when it comes to me, it's so hard. So, guys, I challenge you with a perspective. It might not be a fun perspective that makes you feel good about yourself and warms you and says it's all going to be okay. But it's a challenging perspective to say, are you higher than God? And, and does God forgive you? Then you can't forgive. So start the process. It won't be immediate. No. It won't be immediate, but... But start the process. Be yeah. in the moment. Be Try to forgive yourself today. And maybe it's hard, and maybe you don't do it fully, but then be in the process. So much healing will come from that. Sorry. 
Yeah, and then the other thing that I was going to ask was like, so there's a lot of people who watch this who may have just gotten out of a program, who may be going into a program um, and may be leaving sooner or currently in one. What was the toughest about your transition from like being in this, you know, bubble of, you know, love and grace and mercy and around fellow believers and praying all the time and going to church several times a week and going to these classes to like transitioning back to the real world and just being around a lot of temptation and people who don't know the Lord and who live opposed to the biblical teachings of Christ. What was toughest about that transition for you that, that you had to uh, stay on that straight and narrow, so to speak, and not derail? Yeah. Um, I do remember like when I got out, it, I, I started interning at life point over at yeah. Adam goes to church oh, and I was wow. just, I kept I like saying that. to the worship, yeah, worship team leader there, I kept saying like, yeah, once I get used to like being out again, like I'll do this or, I'll, you know, I'll be on time for that. Or and he's like, well, you've been out for a few months now. Like, when are you going to get, <laughs> um, <laughs> you need to get your act together? Basically, I was like, all right, well, cause you know, cause you come from this environment where it's almost like being in school in the, in the sense that like there's other people kind of like who are in charge, um, and it's easier, you know, to stay on a, a path and like do the work and when other people are kind of handling certain things. And when you get out into your own life or into, you know, the real world again, like you're essentially in charge, right? Like you get yes. to make the decisions every day. Mm. And so it was really, it was good for me to intern at that church um, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I would, you know, you kind of want to get into a some sort of place that you can be with other, you know, believers and people who are, you know, good for you, good to be around. Cause it's really about like, okay, I have all these contacts on my phone. Like I, I can't hang out with these guys anymore. Yeah. Um, I have other friends who are, they're not, they're not bad people, but they do certain things. Like I need to limit the amount of time I see them. Um, and yeah, it, it is kind of, um, it's really about who you surround yourself with. You know, it's so many things in life. It's about Amen. like you rise to the level of the people you associate with. And so, um, I ended up, I think I roomed with someone who was from, uh, the same program for a while. Oh yeah, that's right. And, uh, that's right. and that was good. Cause like we were, you know, he was going back to work. I was going back to work and, um, we were kind of helping each other out. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it absolutely does. It's, sure. it's essential to get plugged into a body of believers the moment you leave here or already have that set up before you leave here and have that established. I've said it myself, and I see many guys fail in that way. It's like I'm not going to do these things here and set myself up for success to get plugged into a body of believers, to get plugged into a church, to get plugged into a small group. I'm going to do it once I get out there and failure to plan is planning to fail. And that, that whole attitude of like, well, man, I'm going to get to it, man. I'm going to do it at some point, man. I'm going to go ahead and do it in the future weeks down the road. And at that point, it's like those old behaviors, it catches up with you very quickly. It's like, why not do those things now and set those things up now that way I have safeguards going um, into the future. But yeah, that's something my dad always told me exactly what you just said too. The men you uh, surround yourself with is the man you become. Yeah. And as a younger person in life, you don't like believing that. No, I'm different, man. I'm different. I see the flaws in these guys. I'm different, though. I'll, I'll never do that. I'll never act like that. And then you get older and you're like, ah, okay. I probably should have took the advice of my father and, and listened to what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something cool, just, just seeing you now, man, married to the love of your life, beautiful baby, uh, and to think back at, I should have died by the fire, 
but there's a grace that is greater that led you to pray and drew you to God. And I mean, I mean, hearing your story and knowing you is like you were angry. You didn't know why this happened. And I don't know. It's cool, man. I, I really am appreciative towards you. Um, Josh is, like I said, he's, he's, you've, if you've watched catapult or been here over the last few years, you've probably seen Josh at some point leading worship. Um, but even in a really hard and weird time for us to well, man, like right when the pandemic hit, yeah. Uh, and we had a shutdown catapult and we were going like online only just out of obedience, like just to kind of continue to provide a, a, a weekly um, resource resource and message of hope for alumni around the world. I mean, Josh would drive from Nashville and come into an empty room with just one guy preaching, one guy leading worship. And it was weird, man. <laughs> it was a weird season. Like he's leading worship to a room of no one but me and like maybe one other person. Yeah. And I'm preaching to a room of no one but him and maybe not one other person. So, yeah, I mean, he's, but he was there for us. Like, I made the call, and he's like, yeah, I'm there. And so just really appreciated for that, man. Um, and I, I just I support your career. And I encourage everyone else to. And it's not, it's not because of, like, he's a buddy. Obviously, that plays in the factor. But it's because he's, like I said, one of my favorite musicians, like, truly. Uh, it's such a unique sound. Um, from the, the instrument playing to the yeah. the singing. And so really encourage you guys to check out the links in the show notes. Um, I want to end with this. Uh, actually, can we take a quick break? And I want to end with a, with a question for you. Uh, we'll be, we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. No way you win this. See, <laughs> come on, man. Let's go. <laughs> I hate my life. From fantasy football, I hate my life. paper rock scissors. Hey, can you go back just... and play the clip where I beat him at disc golf real quick? <laughs> no. huh? Oh, your own game? He edited my my shot. What no, do you mean? Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Don't lie. Don't lie, man. You're supposed to be a believer. You don't lie about things like that. Well. All right, we're back. I don't know why we've been back. But, Josh, is there anything that you would encourage? This is what I'm asking you, but just to kind of... And obviously, man, I could have spent a bunch of time, but again, you're you're gracing us with your time. I want to be be just guarded of that, especially with since you're watching your daughter today. But I was gonna go into just the man. I mean, Josh is performing and touring, doing the local grind in Nashville and going to other places. I was gonna kind of go there, but I really just kind of want to leave you. Is there anything that you would? encourage or say someone here's your audience right you have a guy that's maybe a day out of the program you potentially have guys watching that are in the program because i think they play some of these episodes sometimes so or in the program a day out up to two years out or in all in between what word of encouragement would you leave to them um that you've experienced and it doesn't have to be like philosophical but just any word of encouragement or advice that you'd give to, to someone listening to this thinking, man, that needs to hear some hope. Yeah, man, it it gets better. Like it absolutely does. I never, there was not a time back then where I would have ever imagined I have a wife that I love Mm. with all my heart and a beautiful daughter. Like that was, and and then seeing her now and like 
there's this other love that I didn't even understand. That's like um, blossoming. And it's man, mm. our, our father in heaven is so good. He's yeah. so good, man. And like he has a plan for all of us. And we always want to like reject this and try to do it on our own. And we know where that leads. And then we mm. do it again and we try it on our own. And if we finally like start the process of submitting to him, mm. letting his grace cover us by forgiving ourselves. So, so his forgiveness can, can do its thing. It, it's going to get better. Your life is going to improve. The joy is going to come back like how you used to be when you're younger and you used to just be yourself and you used to be happy and like just that comes back like the depression I, some people have like this, this clinical depression it's like they've always had it but like i think a lot of us we become depressed because of yeah. like the choices we made it's not Amen. like yes. Amen. we're not just always depressed um, yes, most dude. of us and so that's you're going to come back right <laughs> you're mm. going to be revitalized and it doesn't happen in one day but that like seed that they're planting at S2L or wherever you are, um, let that begin to you know take root in, in your life and start that process. And it, yeah, it's it's gonna get better. It's uh, life is amazing, um, and mm. we're blessed to be alive. You know, and the chances that any of us were been be alive is like some crazy number if you watch any of those science videos on youtube it's like it's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous and it should bring yeah. us to be uh grateful and um yeah and i think what chitty said before really the root of all this is pride and mm. as men especially we can be very mm. prideful and um but yeah if we, if we can swallow our pride and submit to god and and we start that process it's, it's mm. good. yeah man and guess what that's beautiful Guess what? And that is That's life. life after addiction, baby. You better believe it. Thank Come you on. for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L.net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit s2lrecovery.org. That's S, the number two, lrecovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.